this year. So we're on Renew Your Mind Part 2. And sometimes people are down on New Year's resolutions. They're down on New Year's goals. What's the point? One person wrote this on Twitter. He said, New Year, my goal for 2021 is to accomplish the goals for 2020, which I should have done in 2019 because I promised in 2018 to finish what I planned in 2017. <laughs> Meaning, <laughs> year after year, he just feels like he's not getting it done. Maybe that's how you feel. Maybe you feel like, yeah, at the beginning of the year, I have all these ideas, and then they don't come to pass. What's the point? Hey, it's not time to be defeatist. It's time to set a course for spiritual growth this year. It's time to be intentional about pursuing wellness and health, for not settling for backsliding, but to press on toward the goal. That's what we're aiming for. As we talk about the mind, we have to realize that the Bible makes it clear that we have to love the Lord with all of our mind. It begins in the mind. And many people are going to wake up March 1st and they're going to realize they've been in total spiritual hibernation for the first two months of the year, right? Don't let that be you. Start with your mind. In Isaiah 55, it says this, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Listen, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. If we want to renew our mind, we have to be intentional, and we're going to find out how that works today. Let's pray, and then we'll get into the Word together. Father, at the beginning of this year, we ask that you would consecrate us Set us apart. Set us apart from the world so that we don't get swept downstream. And set us apart for your glory. Cleanse and renew our minds and show us, Lord, how we can commit ourselves to you. Renew us that we might grow this year like never before. And we pray this in your name. Amen. All the verses will be projected today, so you don't have to race around the Bible uh, to find them. But the first thing we're going to jot down is this. If you want to renew your mind, write this down. We must pursue a righteous mindset. We must pursue a righteous mindset. We have to seek it. God says that we have to seek the Lord while he may be found. Call out while he is near. If you want it, you have to go and find it. We must pursue a righteous mindset. That means that wisdom is not automatic. That means that the default setting of the human mind is ignorance, darkness, and hostility to God's truth. Hey, listen, let's face it, we automatically neglect or reject what is true. We automatically neglect and reject what is wholesome in our minds. And so if we are going to find that renewal, it's going to be a pursuit. It's going to be a pursuit. And the Bible talks about this pursuit of truth like it's a great hunt for gold. In Proverbs 2, 4-6, it says this, If you seek it, that's the knowledge of God, like silver, and search for it as for hidden treasures. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. 
For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Listen, if you search for it as for hidden treasure, as for hidden treasure, if I announced that there was a pot of gold in the church building somewhere and the first one to find it could take it home for free, I would very quickly be preaching to an empty room. Very quickly. Because what? A treasure hunt? I could... Oh. One of the most famous treasure hunts that I've mentioned a few times in sermons uh, was, was happening for 10 years when a guy named Forrest Fenn announced that he had hidden his treasure as an artifact collector somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. It's worth well over a million dollars. And it was a decade ago that he hid his treasure. He said that there were gold coins, gold dust, other valuables, gems, and jewelry. And he said it's at least a million dollars, probably more. He published a book called The Thrill of the Chase and a mysterious 24-line poem that, according to Forrest, said it would lead people to the treasure. Uh, as far as journalists can tell, over 300,000 people have searched for this treasure, and five people have died. People have gone bankrupt trying to find Forrest's treasure. Here's a picture of the treasure and the map that was posted about 10 years ago. And he said, it's actually, if you follow the clues, not hard to find. And so people kept coming up short. He announced a few times that people were within 50 yards of it, but they had turned back too soon, and they didn't find it. Well, finally, his treasure has been found by a guy named Jack Stoof. And just two years ago, Jack found this uh, treasure hunt on, uh, he heard about it on Twitter, and then from that point on, he said he was instantly hooked. He said he's probably thought about it for at least a couple hours a day, every day since I learned about it, he said. And then he emphasized every day. He said he got a little embarrassed about just how much time he was putting into searching for this treasure, so he didn't really tell his friends and relatives about it. He kept his pursuit hidden from most friends and family. He didn't think they would understand. He was obsessed. He said, if I didn't find it, I looked like kind of an idiot. Maybe I didn't want to admit to myself uh, that the hold that it had on me. But he finally found it June 6, 2020, in a field in Wyoming. He immediately brought it back to the man who hid the treasure so that he can verify that it was indeed his and explain what was in the box. Here's a picture of Jack, who found the treasure, and Forrest, who originally hid the treasure. And the box is open, and the gold is his. Now listen, if I told you that I hid a treasure in this church that was worth well over a million dollars, nobody would leave this building until it was found. Christians, there is a mountain of gold in this book. God's treasure! Every day we get to go inside and come out with precious, priceless riches worth far more than what was in that box. Seek it like silver. Search for it as for hidden treasure. Then you will find the knowledge of God. So it's a search. We must pursue a righteous mindset. It's a treasure hunt. We have to go for it. And to review last week, write this down. That means that we have to do two things. Write this down. Out with the bad. Out with the bad. If we're going to fill our minds with the very treasure of God, we have to empty it of all of the filth and the junk of the world. 
Colossians 3.2 was our guide last week, and it said, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Out with the old. Out with the earth. Out with, out with whatever the world is pouring into our minds. We're making space for the true riches of heaven. So I told you a few weeks ago I had a tooth infection. I, I had a root canal. I've actually had six root canals and seven crowns. I have been crowned with many crowns. <laughs> like to think that makes me more Christ-like than you. Anyway, one of my root canals went bad again. Apparently it, it, it can get infected, so the jaw got infected, and then my sinuses got infected, and so I went to the dentist. He's like, you need to have it redone. So then I went to the endodontist, and they, they had to drill all the way into the jaw. I mean, all the way. You might feel something here, yeah, when he hits the jaw. And he's going all the way into the tooth because there's some infection in there. Well, he got it all done. Then I went back to the dentist who looked at the chart. The dentist said, ah, he said, I know what happened. He said, sometimes there's an extra root that we miss when we do the first root canal. I said, well, isn't that special? My tooth has an extra root. Way to go, special tooth. Ah. So they had to go into that root, and the way he described it was this. Because it's so deep into the jaw, he said a lot of bums like to hang out in there, meaning germs. And your, your immune system can't get to them because it's like they're hiding under a viaduct when there's no street there. He's like, so we have to go in, clean them all out, and wall up the viaduct. And I'm like, do it. <laughs> do it. So that's what they did. When it comes to our mind, there are places in our mind that are like filled with those bums, those freeloaders, those thoughts that shouldn't just be camping there, right? And, and somehow you're, you haven't gotten there yet to cleanse them out. They're just camped there. And those are worldly mindsets and worldly thoughts. And if we are going to be filled with a heavenly mindset, remember last week we learned heavenly-minded, sober-minded, healthy-minded, we've got to clean out the infections, You've got to drive that out. We have to guard the gate then, once it's cleaned out and walled up, so that we don't let the filth back in. Here's a picture of a closely guarded gate in Iraq by American soldiers. And, hey, nothing's getting in there. Do you see? There's one, two, three, four, five, six giant pillars of concrete and barbed wire on the top. Now, when it comes to your effort to try and protect your mind from worldly garbage, is that what's standing at the gate? Is it really hard for worldly ideas and godless concepts to storm into your mind, or is it actually a fairly unguarded gate? Is it pretty easy for the invasion to occur? Out with the bad! It's important to identify where our negative thoughts are coming from. Usually, when you wake up, your mind is racing. Just before sleep, your mind is racing. 15 minutes into a 60-minute drive, your mind is racing. That's when you know what's truly stored up in your mind. And where, where are your thoughts coming from that don't belong there, that haven't been taken captive to Christ? Sometimes it's a relationship that's toxic or torn. Sometimes it's entertainment that's dark or warped or profane or polluted, and it lingers with you long after the episode is over. Sometimes it's an influencer who's extreme or off-base or doubtful of your convictions. Sin needs fuel, 
And if you want to clear up the sins of your mind, you've got to get the fuel gone. You see, often, Christians, we will confess our sin and lament our sin, but we will protect the fuel. And then guess what? The sin grows back because the fuel has not been repented of. We have to guard the gate. If you want to keep your mind pure and positive, you have to follow sin back to the source and shut off the faucets. Renewal happens when we remove the fuel. I would invite you this week to ask the Lord, where is my worldly mindset coming from? Why are my thoughts not more pure and wholesome and healthy? Why is it so hard to get out of bed in the morning and fall asleep at night? Ask him if you want to know. And write that down on the sheet I gave you. My worldly, unwholesome, unhealthy thoughts are coming from. I think you'll discover it a lot more quickly than you think. Maybe a lot more quickly than you would hope. Then turn the faucets off. Renewal happens when we remove the fuel. Out with the bad, guard the gate, infection gone, then the treasure hunt is on. Write this down. In with the good. In with the good. Set your minds on things that are above, not things that are below. Renewal happens when we plant the good seeds and then they grow. When we fill our minds with what is good. Here's a, a fun tool that I found, an interesting tool that I found online from ESV, I think. It's a pyramid of the things that we could fill our minds with, the wisdom pyramid. And uh, this, this is posted online if you want to search for it. But basically, it's like the food pyramid. You know, we should have the smallest amount of nutrients coming from the top and the largest amount coming from the bottom. Uh, and obviously, internet and social media from the top is mostly fluff and nonsense. Uh, just below that, beauty, art, culture that satisfies and, and invokes wonder and makes us think and imagine. And then below that is books. Below that is nature that restores the soul. God's creation that reminds us of how small we are and how big he is. And then the church, where we hear the word of God and we're around the body of Christ. And then the Bible, where we encounter God directly. And if you've got that flipped upside down, right, flipped upside down, uh, and the smallest amount is going to the Bible and the church and nature and then maybe some books, but then really it's art, entertainment, and social media. It's not a wholesome diet. So we have to in with the good. We have to fill our mind with wholesome, vertical, sober-minded, healthy-minded, heavenly-minded thinking, and then that will bear fruit. So number one, we have to pursue it. It's not automatic. We have to pursue it out with the bad, in with the good. Number two, jot this down. We have to be intentional with goals and commitments. So we can't just say, here I go, because a month in, we're going to lose our way if we don't have a goal, if we don't have a commitment, we don't have accountability. Setting goals, establishing accountability will help us to make lasting progress. Hey, listen, routines and restraints battle bad habits. If you have routines, things that happen each day and week, That'll battle bad habits. If you have restraints, hey, I'm not checking social media until after my devotions are done. If you have restraints, right, that will battle bad habits. If you have no routines, if you have no restraints, you really have no hope. It's through routines and restraints that's self-control. So we have to be intentional with goals and commitments. Jot this down. Set a Bible reading goal. So last week I suggested this to everybody, uh, and I hope 
that you're at least in process of actually saying, here's my Bible reading goal for this year. I hope if I came up to you after church and said, hey, Peter, what's your Bible reading goal? You'd have it, right? You're not going to wing it. You actually know you've got, Joe, I hope, hey, what's your Bible reading goal? Boom, you've got it, you know. Uh, your goal doesn't have to be somebody else's goal. Last year, I read through the whole Bible. I don't do that every year because inevitably what happens is I'm reading something and I just want to stop and sit there, but I can't because I've got four more chapters to go. Now, the benefit of that is I get the whole word washing through my mind in a year. But this year, I've decided that I'm going to read through the ESV journaling Bible. It's a New Testament. And I'm going to journal through the New Testament. So I'm going to read and I'm going to write right next to what I'm reading. And writing is great for the mind. So I'm going to journal through the New Testament. And if I get the New Testament done, then I'll start with the Old Testament. Probably next year my goal will be to journal through the Old Testament. Now maybe that could be your goal. If you don't have one yet and you want one, make that your goal. If you go online and search for ESV journaling Bible, you can buy it in a set where each book is individual or a whole Bible that has journaling right next to it. But maybe that could be your goal. If you want to steal my goal, steal my goal. You won't hurt my feelings. I stole Pastor Ryan's goal. I'm going to journal through the New Testament this year. How unoriginal. I don't care. At least have a plan. Oh, I added Psalms to it as well. So I'm going to do New Testament and then start with Psalms and then get to the rest if I can. So it's important to have a plan. And do you know that if you're longing to know your Bible better than you actually do right now, join the club. There's so many people who are intimidated. They're like, oh, I can't do that because I just, I don't even know, I don't even know where to start. Don't let that intimidate you. Do you know that the number one podcast in the country since the new year, guess what it is? I mean, over every other podcast is reading through the Bible in a year. It's number one. This Catholic priest decided that he would offer this opportunity where you can jump onto the podcast and he'll read a few chapters a day and then discuss them and then move on. Here's a picture of this guy, number one podcast in the country, influencing the world. I'm just going to say it, just because he looks like a movie star, that's probably helping his ratings. Okay, I'm just going to say that. They're probably like, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year and he's going to help me. <laughs> it's got to be part of it. Anyway, but here's the thing. It's number one because people want to know their Bibles. If you're like, I wish I knew my Bible better. I feel like I don't know it that well. Don't let that intimidate you. Join the club. Let's get to know the Bible better than we do. Set a Bible reading goal for the year. We have a chart out in the lobby that has all the Bible books with all the chapters next to it. So whatever goal you set, read through the Old Testament in a year, you can mark it up. You can, you can actually keep track of it. That's in the lobby. In Colossians 2, 2 to 3, here's what it says. It's a prayer. It says that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. Get this, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Isn't that awesome? Do you want a renewed mind? See Christ in his word, because in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Wow. So it begins with having a Bible reading plan, but if you want to be intentional with goals and commitments, jot this down. Read books that renew your mind. Read books that renew your mind. <clears throat> Have a goal for reading. Uh, next to the Bible, reading the Bible, uh, reading other books is one of the greatest ways to sharpen and inform and enhance your mind. 
Now, maybe you don't read. Maybe last year you read zero books. I would challenge you to then set a goal of reading one book this year and <laughs> start small. I know people who've, who uh, read 100 books in a year a couple years ago. I'm not there, right? But I usually set a goal of reading about, about two books a month. That's kind of my, I'd love to get there each year. Last year I was at 18, and I'm kind of like, brain, it was a pandemic. What were you doing? All right, what are your excuses for not getting the goal done? I'm kind of, remember a few weeks ago we talked about yelling at your own soul, <laughs> right? What are you doing, soul? So I feel kind of convicted by that, so I want to read 24 books this year. Um, if you need a place to start, here's a picture of a bunch of recommendations I have. I will, I'll email out this week a list of books that I would recommend, but if you want a place to start, there's a book called God's Smuggler by Brother Andrew, which is really good on missions and evangelism. Uh, if you are breaking into the uh, Iron Curtain to spread Bibles during the Cold War, great read. Uh, Nabil Qureshi wrote a book called Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus, Devout Muslim Encounters Christianity. That's a great read. Uh, if you want a book on uh, marriage, What Did You Expect by Paul Tripp, Redeeming the Realities of Marriage is a classic. Parenting by Paul Tripp, 14 Gospel Principles. I listen to that book every year. I still don't have it all figured out as a parent, uh, but he helps me. And then J.D. Greer, I've really loved his books. J.D. Greer wrote a book called Not God Enough. That was one, somebody from our church gave that to me, read it. It was really awesome. Anything by J.D. Greer uh, is really helpful. And if you don't have a lot of time to sit and read, there's um, aud like audio books in the lower right-hand corner. There's a, an app called Christian Audio. There's a lot of spiritual uh, biographies on there. So there's, there's some of them that are fairly fast to listen to, biographies on uh, Martin Luther or John Calvin or whatever. Uh, it's always awesome to listen to a spiritual biography. Um, and uh, there's also Audible. You know, I do the subscription to Audible where it gives me a, whatever, a credit a month, and I get to download it. I listen to a lot of books uh, just when I'm out running on Audible. But if you set a goal to read books that renew your mind, you'll not regret it when you get to the finish line. It's so good for your mind to, it's, it's a very humbling thing to let someone else uh, fill you with wholesome thinking. And whether it's a Christian biography or whether it's a book on um, spiritual values or spiritual disciplines or marriage, or it just changes your mind in a good way. It gets you unstuck in a good way. So I would strongly recommend that you set a goal. Uh, if you didn't read any books last year, don't be like, a hundred! You know, I mean, let's not get carried away. Set a, set a reasonable, attainable goal. Maybe you do want to challenge yourself, you know, and read a book a week or something. But read books that renew your mind. Everyone I know who is a reader, I have very interesting conversations with them all the time. All the time. And it's because of what they're chewing on, right? So read books that renew your mind. And then jot this down. Find media that fuels faith and truth. If you want to renew your mind, in, be intentional with goals and commitments. Bible reading plan, book reading plan, and then find media that fuels faith and truth. Lauren and I went out on a date last night. We, uh, we went out on a date, just had dinner, and we're talking about life. And one of the things that we were talking about is she was really wrestling with this, one of the people that she was following on Twitter, Instagram, or whatever, and she's like, I just don't think that you know, at first she was helping me with some things, but I just don't think that she's doing good things for my mind right now. She's, and she started describing about how her posts have changed and her life has changed. And, uh, and so she's like, yeah, I think I'm done with that. And maybe you've got to go through 
Who am I allowing to influence me and be like, yeah, I'm done with that. I'm done. That's not pouring good things into me. Uh, That's stirring up things in me that I really don't need stirred up on a daily basis. So find media that fuels faith and truth. If you want to be informed and engaged, we have to find media that fuels faith and truth. Here are a few suggestions that I can put up here in this category. Um, Common sense media and plugged in from Focus on the Family is a good place to go if you want to check on a movie or a video game or whatever before you watch it so you're not, you know, surprised. Oh my goodness, this is so terrible and wretched, you know. So if you want wholesome media before you start binge watching a program, Common Sense Media is not a Christian site, but it's very objective in what's in the media before you open it up. Focus on the Family Plugged In is a Christian-based site. A lot of people have said great things about The Chosen. I've only watched two episodes. Have anybody in here watched all of The Chosen episodes? Have you, would you give it a thumbs up? I've seen the first two. <laughs> Love it? Okay. The Chosen is actually produced by somebody who, uh, if you remember uh, uh, The Resurrection of Gavin Stone, uh, there was a movie produced from our church planning movement several years ago. He went on uh, to produce this series. So uh, I've heard great things about it. I saw two episodes. I really liked them. But you can find The Chosen as a great series to just, again, um, build up your faith. And if you're really into, like, news, politics, current events, Al Mohler has a podcast called The Briefing. It's just about 15 to 20 minutes long a day. And it's a great way um, for, for someone to tell you what's happening and then to tell you not what to think, but to tell you what Christian worldview uh, items are are bound up in this, right? So here's how this ties into a faith question that we have. And Al Mulder does a really great job of explaining what's happening and how the Christian worldview collides with those current events. It's a really, really awesome routine to get into. For a few years, I listened to it every day. Uh, I fell behind last year, but it's really good stuff. So anyway, find media that fuels faith and truth. And if you do these things, if you set goals with a Bible reading goal, a book reading goal, and you know, you get that media under control and set up, it's going to renew your mind. But you have to have a goal and you have to have a commitment, right? Routines and restraints are the key. So number one, we have to pursue a righteous mindset. Number two, we have to be intentional with goals and commitments. Number three, jot this down. We have to remember that we will reap what we sow. We have to remember that we we will reap what we sow. So often, we fail to start down a venture because we don't think it's actually going to matter. In other words, we don't think it's going to make a difference. And then other times, we stay on the wrong road for way too long because we really don't think it's a big deal. In other words, we don't think we are going to reap what we sow. The Bible is crystal clear. As time is rolling on, there will be consequences in the mind, the body, the heart, and the soul for the choices and commitments we've made. The reap-sow principle is a principle that we must understand if we are to walk wisely through this life. Listen, God has set up the world so that the vast majority of things that we come into contact with are a direct result of our choices and the choices of other people. There are very, very few things that are truly just chance. Uh, It is a reap-sow principle. We are reaping what we've sown. Yes, miracles happen. Yes, prayer gets answered. And yes, 
God often works through those coincidences of life to promote his sovereign plan. But listen, your life is unfolding according to what God has ordained, a reap-so principle. In Galatians 6-7, it says this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh, flesh means the bodily desires that you have that have an appetite for sin. Flesh is your appetite for sin, right? For one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Sowing is a seed metaphor. You're throwing seed where? Throwing seed where? You're throwing it into the world. You're throwing it into the flesh. You're throwing it into temptation. A crop will come. Oh, you might get away with it for a while. It's growing. The roots are spreading. And it will, boom, pop up from the soil. It will. Same thing with righteousness. I feel like this isn't worth it. I've tried for too long with this person. You know, I, I, I don't feel like reading my Bible. Keep throwing the seed. It will bring a harvest. Good and evil will both produce. We have to remember we will reap what we sow. Much, much more sowing earlier in life. Much, much more reaping later in life. The sooner we get started, the greater the harvest we will enjoy. We must remember the reap-sow principle. In Romans 8, 6-8, it applies this directly to the mind. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. <laughs> I'm imagining the... What word can I use here, Paul's thinking? To set the mind on the things of the sinful desires of this world is... I'm just going to say it. Death. Death. But to set the mind on the spirit of life is peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it can't. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. In other words, if the mind has fallen and the earthly desires of this world, fame, fortune, glory, comfort, disengaged, my way, right, my, my, whatever, that will automatically spark a civil war in your heart against God's ways and God's law. And you can't have it both ways. You can't go out and be like, how's my sin garden growing? Hmm, let me go check on my righteous garden. What? It's dead! What? Who did this to my God? I planted some good things over here. You can't have it both ways. And yet we try so often, right? Don't we often do that? We go up to God's word with a little Dixie cup. Give me a little taste. And we go over to the world with a big gulp. Fill me up. And then, we're, and then we're riddled with pollution. Why do I feel so terrible? How come I can't get in gear spiritually? We reap what we sow. We must remember we will reap what we sow. So jot this down. We have to avoid the harvest of pain and futility. Avoid the harvest of pain and futility. When, when we flood our minds with frivolous nonsense or fickle frustration or foolish discourse, or false information. Our brains will rot. Titus 3.9 warned the ancient audience about this. Titus 3.9 said this, but avoid foolish controversies. 
boy, this should, this should just be like, this, this should just be like our national anthem right now, shouldn't it? <laughs> Avoid foolish controversies. Back then, they were genealogies, dissensions, quarrels about the law, right? They had religious trouble. But here's the point. They're unprofitable and worthless. If we're going to avoid the harvest of pain and futility, again, social media is such a giant, giant force of toxic thinking in our hearts, right? Why is, I, I took some time here to think through why social media is so toxic to our minds, and it is. And I wrote this down. What does it do? We'll put this on the screen. It accelerates conformity, right, to worldliness. It amplifies rivalry. It perpetuates envy. It glamorizes depravity. And it erodes decency. Amen. So, and I'm preaching to myself here, the more I take in, I am automatically back on my heels against a force that is trying to accelerate conformity, amplifying rivalry, perpetuate envy, glamorizing depravity, and erode decency. No wonder I can't get to sleep at night. It's not a mystery. So we have to avoid the harvest, the harvest of pain and futility, and then jot this down. We get to enjoy the harvest of peace and vitality. Peace and vitality. The mind set on the spirit of life is peace. The mind set on the spirit of life is peace. Do not be anxious about anything, right? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, present your prayers and petitions to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The mind set on the flesh is death. The mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Hey, the treasure hunt begins every morning. Are you seeking it? And every week, are you opening up your find, the wonderful, priceless, heavenly mindset that God is offering to you? The very treasure of heaven. Is your mind full of that? Let's plan for that. And let's pray for that. Lord Jesus, we give you our minds. What a mess we've made of them. What, what a fruitless garden we have so often tended, shamefully. We confess, O oh Lord, that our minds are cluttered and worldly and self-centered. Too often we go unchallenged and become polarized. We're uninformed and we're negative. Our minds are not filled with pure, wholesome, true visions of Christ. True thoughts about our God. True thoughts about ourselves. True thoughts about our friends. True thoughts about our world. True thoughts about our future. 
They just slip away. So, Father, I pray that you would renew our minds at the beginning of the year. Show us where these strongholds are in our thoughts. Show us how to break them. And not only that, lead us to the fuel, Lord, so that we can get rid of that too. And Jesus, we pray that you would remind us that all of the wisdom and riches of God are found in you. Help us to fix our eyes on you, the author and perfecter of our faith, because you who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion. We surrender our minds to you, Jesus. Flood us with the glory of heaven. We pray this in your name. Amen.